Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. So let's open our Bibles up to Esther, and we're going to start with chapter 2. So we're going we're gonna to look at Esther kind of in a, a different way, and we're not going to make the theme all about Esther, because really when you look at the book of Esther, it's a group of players, of people being in the right place at the right time. The book of Esther shows us the importance of everyone being in their place, because things don't work if people aren't in their place. Esther would not have been able to have done what she had done if Mordecai wasn't in his place, if the prayers weren't in their place, if the people of God weren't standing, praying, and believing God. Things would have not worked out that way. But, you know, when people are in their place, it enables God to use the people to shift them, change them, put them in the right place at the right time, doing what he needs. Because God always has setups for us. He always has places for you and I to be in. And that's kind of, I'm looking at Esther kind of in a different light than what I have looked at it in the past, which is good because there's, I mean, there's truth in the Word of God, but God is always expanding. He's always stretching. He's always, call, always causing us to see things in a different light. And this is how the Lord brought it to me this time. And so we know that Esther replaced the queen because the queen did not want to come to king, the king's party. And so he got ticked off, and in chapter 2, we'll take up there. Verse 1, after these things, when the wrath of the king was appeased, he remembered Vanessa, Vasha, and what she had done and what was decreed against her. Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, let there be fair young virgins sought out for the king. And let the king appoint officers in all the providence of the kingdom to gather get together all the young virgins. What a wonderful decree for all the young women out there that had a desire to get married, had a desire to have family. And here the decree goes out that they're going to gather them into the house of the woman, uh, of the women. They have to go through a year of purification and all of this stuff that they have to go through. And so they... The king thought it was a great idea, and so he sent the decree out, and all these women were gathered into the house, and then they went through a year of purification, and as they went through that year, they had to do certain things. You know, and, and some people might look at that, of what a great opportunity, you know? But as a woman, I'm telling you, that doesn't look like a great opportunity to me. And then it says in verse 6, who he had carried away from Jerusalem with the captivities which had been led away with the king of Judah. He's talking about Mordecai, verse 7. And Mordecai basically brought up Esther. I won't read it uh, for time's sake. And Esther was a beautiful young lady. So verse 9 says, And the maiden pleased. So she goes into custody. She goes into the house of the women. She's She's in a place that she didn't want to be in, but she's in a place. But God's got a plan. God is looking way down the road 
He's looking years down the road for a great deliverance. And God starts setting people in place. And sometimes in our head, it doesn't make sense. Sometimes we don't understand what is going on. Why would God would set something or put you in a place that you think, what am I doing here? But God always has a plan. And so it says in verse 9, And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him, and he speedily gave her things for purification with such things as belonged to her, and seven maidens which were meant to be given her. So she was given, Esther was given seven maidens, and these maidens we're going to see in a little bit the very importance of who surrounded her, the very important about the people that came along her side. You need to be careful who comes along your side and who are you surrounding yourselves with. You want to surround yourself with women of faith, people of faith, people that know how to pray, people that know how to stand with you, people know how to trust God. And then it, so it says, they were given to her out of the king's house and he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house. Now, verse 10. And Esther had not shown her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show them. And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the women's house and knew how Esther did, to know how Esther did and what should become of her. Now it was time for the maids to go. The maids were going in, and now it's time for Esther's time to go in. And so we want, we want to look at something right here. Esther is going to be put into her place. Esther is going to be put into a place that God has put there for a great deliverance, for a great move of God, for something that God knows is coming. They do not know at this point. The Jews do not know what's coming. Esther doesn't know what's coming. Esther doesn't know why she's in the place, but she knows that she's about to go into the king. And we know that God gave her favor, and God made her king. I mean, God made her a queen. God made her Queen Esther in the, in the place of the other queen. And so it says in verse 17, And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen. Then the king made a great feast unto all the princesses and the servants, even Esther's feast, and he made a release to the provinces and gave gifts according to the estate. And then when the other virgins were all gathered together the second time, and Mordecai sat in the king's gate. So we have the, the maidens set in place around Esther. Now Esther is in her place. And so Mordecai is sitting at the king's gate. That's very, very important, the position he is in. He had been in uh, the gate and around where Esther was in the house of the women, and now he shifts over to the king's gate. He shifts over into a position because God has a setup for him. God has a plan for him, and there's a purpose for him to be at the gate at this time and watching what the king is doing, watching what Esther is doing. And so it says in verse 21, In those days while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains 
of those which kept the door were wrought and sought to lay a ham on the king. And the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it unto Esther the queen. And Esther certified the king in Mordecai's name. So here something is going on. Es, uh, Mordecai is at the king's gate, and he sees something. He becomes aware of something. God opens up his ears. He's in there thinking he's watching out for Esther, but God's got a plan. He is strategically planted in this place. It doesn't look like a place of importance. It doesn't look like much is going to take place there. But when you're in the place that God has, you've got to keep your ears open. You've got to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. You've got to know what's going on because God's got a plan of deliverance. God's got a way out. God's got something going on, and he's setting it up. He's got setups that he is doing and that are not going to take place right away. It's going to take a place in a few years, but God's got a plan. So he set Mordecai there on purpose at the king's gate so that he can hear that these two people wanted to kill the king. So he reported it to Esther. Esther had it written down in the, in the records of the book of the Chronicles. So she had it sealed. She had it set in there, and it was kept hidden. Verse chapter 3. After these things did king, the king promote Haman, the son of da-da-da-da. I'm not going to go through all that. And advanced him and set his seat above all the princesses that were there. And all the king's servants that were in the gates king bowed and reverenced Haman. For the king had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai bowed not. Okay, you got God over here putting Esther in place, putting our maidens in place, putting Mordecai in place, and then you have the enemy over here. The enemy raising up Haman. And the enemy raising up an evil man that is going to have an evil plot against the Jews. There's a plan going on. But God is not surprised. God's not taken off guard. Sometimes we think, God, did you know this was going on? I'm sure none of us have ever prayed and said, God, I'm sure you don't know about this that this is happening to me at this time, and I thought I'd let you know about it. God already knows about it and already has a setup for our deliverance. We just have to stay in that place, and we have to believe God that there are people that are in places, there are people that have answers to our, to our dilemma, to things that are going on that God is speaking to, that God is using in this hour, you know, to raise you up or to do something or give you favor or whatever you need in your life. Things are always going God's way. Even with the enemy out there, looks like he's setting up Haman, setting him up to be able to destroy the Jews, but God's got a plan. And he set things in motion. I'm just going to tell you over this nation, things are set in motion. Now, I look at this story and I see this, and you could just put America in this picture. And we're going to see some things. So... Mordecai would not bow his knee. He would not bow his knee to Haman, and Haman got ticked off. Ah, I think, you know, the more the church stands up for righteousness and doesn't bow its knee to the world, they're getting ticked off. And they're getting mad, and they want to destroy us. But God's got a plan. Hallelujah. 
verse 6. And he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had shown him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom. Think about that. One man stood up and all of a sudden they want to destroy all the Jews. They're coming against. And I'm telling you today, there are people in our nation want to destroy Christians, want to take us down. But God's got a plan. He's got a plan of deliverance. He's got a plan that will bring us out. He's got a plan that is greater than what we can see. And he has been working on this for a long time. At this point, you know, this is five years after Esther has been anointed queen, put in that place of being queen. Five years later, that plan that Mordecai, when he saw those two, when he saw them, make that mistake, that was several years ago. It wasn't this next chapter. Sometimes we read chapter to chapter and think, well, that was one day and two days later this happened. This is a process of time. From the time that king, the king uh, started looking for Esther or looking for an Esther, looking for a virgin, till this time, there's been some years in there. That's almost nine years. A process. God has had setups. God's been working on the plan. So when you don't think God's working on a plan, just hold steady because he is working on a plan. And he has got people in place. He's got people in the right place that have been hidden. He's got people in places that, you know, you and I don't even know about. But God's got people in place. Hallelujah. So verse 8, and I'm going to, Read it in the uh, New Living. Verse 8 says, Then Haman approached the king and said, There is a certain race of people scattered through all the provenance of your empire who keep themselves separate from everyone else. Hello? Isn't that what God told us to do? Be separated to the world? So he said, separated from everyone else. Their laws are different from those of any other people. Our laws are different because we stand on biblical laws. We stand on the Word of God. So Haman wants to destroy the Jewish people for their faith in God, their trust in the Word of God and the laws, and nothing has changed. All these thousands of years later, they still want to silence our voice. They want us to be silent and not come against what they think because our laws are different our ways are different our faith is different and it's so different that the world that they don't understand it and they want to destroy and he says and they refuse to obey the laws of the king hello with the laws that are being put in action right now we can obey those laws there's no way we can obey them and we have to be in that place that we refuse to obey some laws. Uh, yes, we have to follow certain laws, but when they are contrary to the word of the living God, we cannot come in agreement with them. We have to be like those that refuse to obey the laws of the king, so it's not in the king's interest to let them live. Does that sound familiar today? Around the globe... Christians are being put to death for their stand, for their, for their righteous stand. 
But God has a plan. God has a plan. God is at work. And God is not slowing down in what he has. Amen? He is going to come through in our nation. He's going to come through and he's going to do things that you and I are going to be amazed about. Amen? So, chapter 4. When Mordecai perceived all that was done, Mordecai rent his clothes to put on sackcloth with ashes and went into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter voice. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we just started crying out to God in the middle and not caring who's around? Just standing up for truth, standing up, God, you've got to deliver us. God, you've got to do something. With a loud voice. And came even before the king's gate. For none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province whereunto every, even the king commanded, and his decree came, there was a great mourning among the Jews, fasting and weeping and wailing, and many laid in sackcloth and ashes. A revival of prayer is going on. A revival of prayer. God is raising up people just like in this nation, just like all over this nation. Prayers have been raised up. There is a revival of prayers that have been going on for the last few years, and they are causing things to come in, and we are going to see the mighty hand of God. We're going to see God move just like God moved in Esther, in the book of Esther, how God delivered the people. God is a delivering God. He's never short of plans. He's never short of ideas. He's never short on anything that he's doing. He's always ahead of the enemy, and sometimes it may look like God is behind, that God's trying to catch up with the enemy, but I'm telling you, God is always ahead of the enemy. He's always gone before us and made a way. We just sometimes can't see it. We can't understand the move of God. We can't understand how God moves, but God is on the move. And his mighty hand is moving. His mighty hand is moving across the land. And he's moving because he's getting people in place. He's got people in place and he's getting people in place. And they're going to be there at the right time and their voice is going to be heard at the right time. Hallelujah. So there's a revival of prayer that is going on. So Esther's, verse 4. So Esther's maids and her chamberlains came and told it to her. Then was the queen exceedingly grieved. And she went and she sent clothes down to Mordecai because he's in sackcloth and ashes and she doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't understand. Her eyes haven't been opened up yet to see the truth and to see what's going on. You know, we just have to stay in that place until we and keep our mouths shut until we know what's going on. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Esther sent her, chamber, uh, her chamberman down there to talk to Mordecai. And verse 7, And Mordecai told him of all that had happened unto him and of the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the Jews to destroy them. And he gave him the copy of the writing of the decree that was given to destroy them, to show unto Esther and declare unto her and to charge her that she should go in to see the king, make supplication unto him, and to make requests before him for her people. So this is what uh, she sent. And again, Esther spake and said this. Give this back to Mordecai. 
All the king's servants and the people of the king's providence do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come into the king, into the inner court, who is not called, there is one law of his to be put to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden sepulcher. And he may live, but I have not been called to come into the king. So she's basically retiring, saying, I haven't seen my husband in 30 days. And I haven't been invited into the king. I just want to say this. If I hadn't seen my husband in 30 days and he hadn't let me in, there would be a voice there. <laughs> just want you all to know that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But she didn't have that privilege. She could not move unless she was invited by the king. Talks about a love story. That doesn't sound like a love story to me. Just saying. And then uh, Mordecai sends word back to Esther. Then Mordecai commanded the answer to answer Esther. Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. I just want to say, we're not going to escape unless we stand up for what's right. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether that thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? I just want to say every person in this whole thing where God has placed has come into the kingdom for such a time as this. This is a kingdom story about God putting people in the right place so that they have the right avenues to speak, to have the divine appointments and the divine connections to speak to people that can, they can make a difference to. And basically, that's what Mordecai is saying. You're in this place for such a time as this. But Mordecai was in his place for such a time as this. The people that surrounded Esther were in that place for such a time as this. God knows how to get people in the right place. He's just looking to us to yield to his spirit, yield to that place, that we can be in that place, that it can be said of each and every one of us, you were born in this age on purpose. You are attending this church at this time on purpose. You're living in Columbia, Missouri in this time you have a purpose and a destiny, and you're in the place that God wants you, and he's going to raise us up, and he's going to use our voices in this hour. Amen? Amen. Prayers are going up for our nation. Prayers are moving our nation. Prayers are moving towards the plans and purposes of God. The prayers that are going forth are opening up avenues, opening up those ways so the people of God can just move into them. And that's why he... Esther sent word back and said, look, you get everybody praying. You get them fasting. You get them standing in that place. And this is what my maiden and I will do. That's the importance of who's surrounding her at this time. Because those maidens are going to fast. They're going to pray. They're going to seek the hand of God. They're going to seek the wisdom of God to know what to do. Amen? Prayer is essential in this hour. And it was essential for the deliverance of the Jews in Esther's time. And so we know that that's exactly what they did. They all fasted. They all prayed. They didn't drink water. They didn't eat. You know, that's hard to do in America today because food is so prevalent. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
But they did. The maidens fasted, prayed. They didn't eat. They didn't drink. They stood with, they stood with Esther. They, they had the city. You know, the word couldn't go out quite like it does today on, on all the different social media things that we have. We need a prayer meeting. We need you to pray in different parts of the nation like they do today where people can call, prayer, get on, get on the Internet, get on different avenues and say, we're praying, we're believing God. And you can get a group of people in different parts of this nation to stand with you and pray and believe God. They couldn't do that back then. But they did get the word out in that, in that city, and they prayed and they stood. And the wisdom of God came to Esther. And all she needed, knew, knew to do was to go in and stand before the king. But the people were praying. And prayer was opening up that avenue. Prayer was opening up that place that Queen Esther could go and stand in the gateway so that the king could raise up that sepulcher and say, you can come in. So here she is, trusting that God is moving. She had to walk by faith, not in her own understanding, because she said, if I'm going into the king and if I perish, I perish. I mean, that needs to be our attitude. You know, I don't care what they say. I'm going to stand in that, in that place. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to speak to what, whatever the Lord tells me to speak, and I'm not going to back off. I'm going to see my nation change for the glory of God. I mean, there was a nation that was about to die. But you know what else they had? They had the word of the Lord on it. They already knew. Mordecai knew that the Jews could not be expelled, that it was the will, will of God for them to be delivered because the word of the Lord had already gone forth. The word through the prophets earlier had already declared the end from the beginning. They'd already told them that the day, someday Israel would return unto their land and it would be a great land again. It would be restored and, there, and, the, land, and the land would give forth her fruit and everything would blossom. The word of the Lord had already gotten out. Therefore, Mordecai knew the will of God. They knew the plan of God, so they were able to stay. We've already had words spoken over our nation. We've already had things that God said, this nation shall be born again. We've already heard prophets declare what God is saying, so we can stand on what God has said, and we can speak boldly in this day and hour, just like Esther did when she had to get up, and she had to go down and just believe God that she was going to have favor with that king and that she was going to be able to go in there. And she didn't know anything else, you, you know, to say except, hey, king, you want to come to a banquet? That doesn't seem like much, but God was at work because he's about to un unfold the next step of his plan. He's about to reveal something new. He's about to reveal something that's been hidden away. It's been hidden in the darkness. But he's about to reveal it. Amen. Esther doesn't know that. Esther doesn't know what's going on. But she's walking by faith. She goes in there and she invites the king to a banquet along with Haman. And they go in. And they have the banquet. And the king says, hey, I'll give you up to half the kingdom. What do you want? Oh, let's do a banquet again. We had such a good banquet. Let's do it again tomorrow. And the king said, great, we'll do it. And we know that Haman, he went home. He was just so full of pride. He was in that place, and he's just standing there. Huh, I had, 
I had dinner with the king and the queen today. I was the only one invited to the party. And he's so excited about what he's got. But God had a plan. God had something in place that needed to come out. Timing is everything. Don't try to open something up until it's God's timing. Timing is everything. And so, chapter 6. On that night, could not the king sleep? My people are praying. And he commanded to bring the book of the records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. I'm telling you, if I was staying up all night, that's not the book I would choose to read. That does not look real exciting to me. But that's what the king wanted because God had a plan. And he needed that book to be read at that very instant. Timing. The plan of God is now unfolding. And so it says in verse 2, And it was found written that Mordecai, see that he, he is a chief player in this. God had him in the right place at the right time. And it was found written that Mordecai had told the two of, of the king's chamberlains and the keepers of the door who sought to lay their hands on the king. And the king said, What honor and dignity has been done to Mordecai? And at that time, there's Haman standing at the door. I'm telling you, God's timing is so perfect. A setup, a great setup, a great setup. I'm going to say again, God's got great setups. We do not know all the things that he's planning and that are going to be uncovered at the right time. And he's got them there. And so Haman's standing there. The king says, hey, come on in. And he says, hey, Haman, who? What should be done for the, for the man that I delight in? What should be done? And Haman, of course, thought, huh, this, that's got to be me. Who else could the king have delight in? Pride comes before the fall. So here the, Haman is standing there, and he is just thinking how he can be exalted, how he can be built up, how it all can be all about him. And he's about to have his, he thinks he's about to have his dream answered. And he says, Get, how about a robe from the king's wardrobe? How about the king's horse? Oh, yeah, and listen, let's get that signet on there. Uh, and, and let's take that, whoever you're thinking of, king, let's take it, take that horse, put that man on it, and let's go throughout the whole city, and let's declare how great that man is. This is a man that the king delights. Now, remember, what are the Jews doing? They're praying. They're in fear. They're, they're right at the face of God. And I can just see Jews' heads popping out of doors and windows. And I can see the people of the city thinking, what is going on here? Because they're hearing, here comes the, here comes the man that the king delights in. Here comes the man that the king delights in. Here comes the man. And the Jews are going, we are praying 
for deliverance. Mordecai was in sackcloth and ashes. He was on his face. He was crying out to God. And now he's on a horse with the king's robes. What has happened? What has taken place? It's a sign. And it's a wonder. Because it's making people wonder, what the heck is going on? What, what is going on here? It had to build their faith. It had to tell them that God was on the move and things were about to change. They took it as a sign from God. And they started rejoicing and believing God is up to something. God is up to something. I don't know what he's going to do. But if he can put Mordecai on the back of the king's horse and put him in a kingly robe, there is nothing that God can't do. There is nothing that he can't bring us out of. I believe this day is going to change. I believe a great deliverance is coming. I believe something is going on that is much greater than what we're looking at because God has took Mordecai and put him in a place that was absolutely impossible for him to be in. I'll tell you, God's going to do that for people. They may look like they're just at the gate and they're nobody. God's going to put some robes. He's going to put them on a horseback. Or maybe a Mercedes Benz, I don't know. <laughs> That's what it would have been there. And so, what did, you, what did that do to Esther's faith? Where did you say Mordecai was? Mordecai's on a horse? The king's horse? What's that doing to her? That's building her up. That's giving her courage. That's giving her what she needs to do what she's about to do. Because that was a sign to her that God was bringing a great deliverance. That that king was going to hearken to what she was saying. She had the courage to go in there. She had the, the courage to declare when the king said, Okay, Esther, what's going on? And, he, and she was able to turn to the king and he said, That man that you made second in command, he is an evil man and he wants to kill me and he wants to kill my kindred and he wants to get in here and destroy my people. And the king said, who is it? She said, it's that man right there. It's that Haman man. That's courage. That's strength. When you know God is moving, when you know God is doing something, that's for us to rise up with the courage and with the faith and move out in what God has for us, that we change. We change situations and we change circumstances. And we know what happened. The king got ticked off and his wrath came against Haman, the, you know, which would look impossible because he was the second man in charge. But nobody is going to stop. God's plan. Nobody is going to come in. And we know what happened. Hanging, Haman was hanged on the gallows that he set up for Mordecai. Oh, we are going to see traps. We're going to see some setups. We're going to see some things that were meant to hang Christians turn around. We're going to see some laws changed. We're going to see, you know, it talked about in there when this is coming to a close and they're standing there, Mordecai, 
is made in charge, um, second man in charge, and the king says, write whatever decree. Now, we can't reverse it because it's already law. So you think about the things that are already law. But God said that you can do this, which will really nullify that. Can't wait to see all the great things that God's about to do. And he's going to use people that you're not expecting him to use. He's going to do some things that because we are getting into our place, the body of Christ is getting into their place. They're in that place already of prayer, and they're moving into their places. They're getting in position. They're getting set up. And you, I'm just going to say this. You may think that, you know, I'm insignificant. I'm not important. I'm just working in children's church. I'm just the administrator of a school. You know, I just work at Walmart. I just do this. I just do that. You know, God knows exactly where you are. And I'm telling you, you're in set up places. You're in places that the king, King Jesus, had put you in because you can hear things, you can see things, you can minister to people, you can do things that only God can do through you. Amen? Hallelujah. It's an exciting time. It's a great day. It's a day of revival. It's a day of the move of God. So I don't want us to be discouraged with all the things that are going on. I want to say, huh, I've been born into this kingdom of God for such a time as this. I'm anointed of God. I'm equipped of God. I know what God is doing. And my place may feel a little uncomfortable. It may feel like, whew, it just doesn't feel right. It's not good. It's not where I want to be. But you're there on purpose. You are there on purpose. You are here on purpose. You are in that place on purpose for such a time as this. A great deliverance is coming to the house of God, to the people of God, to the children of God. And we are going to see some divine reversals in our nation. We are going to see some things, and it's going to be a great victory. We are not a defeated people. God is not a defeated God. There, you can, anywhere you look in the kingdom of God, he has no defeat. He has no failures. He didn't raise sons and daughters that are failures. He raised the very best. He raised key people. Every one of you are key people. Every one of you are anointed of God. Every one of you have something for the kingdom of God. Amen. Every, I don't care who you are. I don't care what place you're in a position. Everyone was needed for that move. Esther's position, all that did was put her more out there. But it wasn't any more important than any of the other positions. Because if Mordecai hadn't seen what he had seen, if the maidens had fasted and prayed, what if they just sat down and said, we don't believe what you believe? We're not going to do this. What would that done to Esther's faith? Come on. Everybody's important. Everybody has a place. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. 
Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.